Welcome back, listener. I'm your host, Tiffany, and at the moment, I'm neck deep in putting together the 2021 Belly Dance Bundle, and this year, it's going to be amazing. And today's guest, Sahira, I am super excited about this course because it is very, very unique. Acapella Zills. And before you turn off the podcast in terror, have a listen, because Sahira is about to change your mind. Sahira is one of my absolute favorite teachers when it comes to Zills. She's amazingly generous with her knowledge, and if you took part in her Zill challenge that happened about a month ago, you know that Zills are truly one of her greatest passions. Hello, dancers, and welcome to Yalla Rocks, the belly dance podcast that helps you design your personal practice. Today, we have with us a most joyful dancer. Sahira, welcome back to the podcast. Yay, I am so joyful and so happy to be here. Thanks for having me back, Tiffany. <laughs> so you've been on the podcast with us three times over the course of, of Yalla Rocks, and I don't know how this is possible, but somehow we have never talked about Zills. Yeah, I don't know like how that <laughs> happened. It's just wrong in so many ways. So I'm really glad that we are writing this wrong finally and remedying the situation and allowing me to talk about kind of my favorite thing ever today. So thanks. <laughs> this is literally your your jam. Like this is what you do. Uh -huh. This is what you love. You just ran like a huge Zill challenge and somehow we've avoided this topic for years. Which also means that you haven't been putting Zill content in the bundle. Well, I think it's because that first year, remember, I did sort of the choose your own adventure. Try. I thought it was going to be like the only chance I ever had to do the bundle. So I put three courses in. Remember, I was like, you could do this or this other one or this other one. And one of them was finger symbols. Ah, so after that, I was yes. like, well, I can't do finger symbols again. People are going to think that I'm a one trick pony, you know? So I've, I've waited and now I can't wait any longer. So this, yeah, this year it's it. We're in. This is it. All right. So <laughs> since we haven't talked Zills before, share this part of your story. Like how, how did you get so obsessed with Zills? Like why, why are they your thing? Why do you love them when so many dancers are terrified of them? Like <laughs> tell us. Right. That's a really, a really good question. I think part of it, honestly, is that I lucked out in my early training. When I first learned belly dance 21 years ago, my very first teacher put a pair of symbols on my hands within the first like two or three months of me playing. It was just what you did. And the very first choreography I ever learned was finger symbols and veil in the, same, the same choreography. Time? Yeah, well, it wasn't like, we mostly like veiled at the beginning and then like in true Egyptian style, like dropped the veil and then did most of the finger symbol stuff. So it wasn't like simultaneously, but it was all within the same choreography. So I thought, this is just what people do, right? This is what belly dancers do. I've done that and I've learned that, but I didn't do it as a beginner. <laughs> Right. And so I did. I mean, baby beginner, first choreography out of the blocks. And so that's just what I came to expect. So finger symbols were always a part of my training. Not everything I learned after that incorporated them, but they were there pretty frequently. And I really enjoyed them the first experience that I had. I thought they were just so like quintessential belly dance like they they fit mm -hmm. like the, the you know the beginner visual that I have of the of the belly dancer uh, and so I really took to them and it was something that I continued to do and continued to integrate and then like when did I become obsessed I think it was one of those like s slow rolling like I don't I don't know when I crossed the line <laughs> into <laughs> obsession I don't you know at what point do you become an addict it's sort of hard to say um but I think at some point when I started teaching 
other dancers, when I started teaching classes and incorporating finger symbols and seeing the struggle and seeing like how challenging they are for a lot of people, I thought, oh goodness, this is something that I took to pretty quickly without realizing. Like I definitely had struggles learning and I definitely had a learning curve, but I go back and I thank my lucky stars every day that I was in marching band when I was a kid. I was, I was about to ask if you had a, like a musical background that was making it easier for you. Absolutely. I had played the flute since I was in fourth grade and I was in marching band in junior high and high school. And so I've been walking and making music, you know, for a number of years before I even started belly dancing. And that's I guess that's huge. true. Mm-hmm. That's a totally, it's like, if you didn't even just know how to play an instrument, you knew how to walk and play an instrument. <laughs> Absolutely. And I connect very regularly with folks within my Zill classes who are like, oh, I also play an instrument. I also was in marching band. And sometimes the people who are like the craziest about the finger symbols and are just sort of head over heels about them have that in their background somehow. And so it totally makes sense. So like, you know, huge, huge props out there to all the marching band geeks, like I was one and it has served me so well in life. And then I think what happened from there is just, I started like collecting finger symbols and playing more with them. And the number of times that the finger symbols have saved my butt as a professional dancer out doing restaurant gigs, which I did for like 18, 19 years. I was out multiple nights a week dancing at birthday parties and restaurants and weddings and all of that stuff. And the number of times my music has gone out or been like on a crap system and you can't hear it, but I've (laughs) always had, I know, right, right? And like, it happens all the time. You're like, how come I only hear treble in this song? Or how come like you can't turn it up loud enough that I can, you know, hear people over the sound of their forks on their plate? Like, I don't understand. And so with the finger symbols, I was never lost, right? I was like, well, let's just go for this. And I would literally end up playing my own set on my finger symbols on a very regular basis due to poor audio quality at like restaurants <laughs> in the Houston area, I suppose. And and I think I developed sort of a, an attachment to them because of that. I would never leave the house without them for a show because what if, what if the sound went out, right? And from there, because I was sort of forced, I guess maybe it's a necessity as the mother of invention kind of thing. I was forced to play my own music that I thought, well, shoot, if this isn't the ultimate power, I can create the music that I dance to. And I think maybe, okay, so now I'm, I'm, I've never dissected why I'm such a, a fanatic, but I think like the little like control freak that lives inside me, I'm like, oh, I can decide what the music sounds like that I get to dance to. And it's going to be the same thing every time I do it. I have control over this done and done. I'm in. I firmly believe that belly dancers who play finger symbols are superheroes, total superheroes, because they they do it all. It's amazing. I think they're superheroes because like doing all of those things at the same time is just like unbelievable. I remember very clearly, like my clearest Zill memory was taking a class from Princess Farhana in LA and we were doing Zills and we were walking around in a circle and we were doing some movement with it. We were, so we were walking in a circle, playing this pattern and doing a movement. And I have, I, fi- I had it, I had it. I was like in it. I got it. I was like, I was, I remember being happy in my brain. Like, yes. Oh my God, I'm doing it. And then she asked me a question. Oh no. She wanted you to talk at the same time. <laughs> she, she asked, I don't know if she asked the classic question or if it was me. And I just like, it literally was like a, like a tower of dominoes. <laughs> the whole thing fell apart and I I was literally just ended up standing there and I was like this moment I was like a roller coaster moment of like yes I'm doing it to complete failure no (laughs) 
<laughs> so that's, that is like my clearest memory of learning Zells. And I, I haven't practiced them too much in the past, you know, years, but I did have that base, like, you know, as a beginner dancer, cause I did learn, I learned from a lot of older dancers, right. Who it, for them, it was, it was, they just put Zills in your hands and they're like, here, go just like you, you know, like go for it. Um, so my question then is, have you adopted that mentality with your students? Is this something you teach from the get-go or do you, do you now look at it as something that maybe is a little more on the intermediate advanced side? That is a great question. I 100% have adopted it for my students because it worked for me, you know, <laughs> and here's the other thing that I see with like seasoned dancers who come to me later in their career and they're like, okay. I never really learned how to play the finger symbols because like they were already pretty good dancers and they were feeling confident in the dance. And then they put these finger symbols on and they felt like they went back to square one. They were mm -hmm. like, I can't even like step touch and play at the same time. Screw this. I'm taking them off. Like I'm, you know, like it's, it's really challenging. So I figure if you just throw them in there from the beginning, whether or not they're, you know, good proficient, like I, I put them on my, my dancers early on, usually within the first, you know, month or two within my classes, I'm like, here we go, put on finger symbols. And I bring my home, my old whole collection, because if people don't own a set yet, which they most likely do, they, they don't, then I just hand out finger symbols. I can like outfit an entire class of like, 20 or 30 people with my collection. So that's cool. Uh, Zero surprise. Right. right. <laughs> and then we do something simple. I'm like, we're just going to play on the beat and you're going to do a little step touch. If you want to move your arms, we just make it fun. I'll literally make it like five minutes of the class. It'll be, you know, very short, sweet to the point, very experimental. I'm like, think of this as just an exploration, right? We're not looking to make amazing music. We're not going to use multiple sounds. We're not going to try to create an incredible pattern. I just want you to feel what it's like to have these on your hands, listen to the music and try to integrate some sort of finger symbol playing into it. And so I try to make it just fun something that doesn't take up too much time within the class. And then we kind of slowly build that and start doing patterns and whatnot. And I find that beginner dancers are pretty open to it because it's all new. So they're just integrating it all at once into this new body, you know, this new language of movement. And it's not something that is later set on top of something they already knew and kind of like ruining the, the, what you know the pattern that they already have and so i really do like giving it to folks early on because it makes it easier for them to integrate so is that then what you find like people who don't practice sills is that what they're the most afraid of going into it is that is that lack of uh almost like the the, the backsliding of ability is that is that why they don't pick them up is that like you just ran this challenge and i'm sure you had people beginners intermediate advanced people in the zill challenge with you like what was the number one like fear you were getting from people like when mm -hmm. it came to to adding this in to their dance the people who were most verbal about why they hadn't done this before or perhaps why they had and then stepped away is was typically due to a bad first experience so there were a handful of brand new dancers who had never picked up finger symbols and i was like you are my hero that you have signed up for this finger symbol <laughs> challenge and i swear to you tiffany after 10 days they were playing an acapella riff with three, four different sounds and dancing at the same time, beginner, beginner, ziller. And I was like, that's insane. That's so amazing. But a lot of people who were like, you know what? I, I have a pair of zills. I don't know where they are. Like I played them a couple of yeah, times, yeah, yeah. but I didn't really like it was typically because the either the, the experience or the instruction or the way it was put forth to them in the beginning just didn't work for them. 
right? I've, I had people write me long stories about, you know, their first teacher who put the zills on and just expected them to play it and didn't give them that step by step that they needed to fully integrate it and understand what they were doing. Or people mm -hmm. who just like, they didn't really understand it, but couldn't get the information that they needed. Or even teachers that like, don't really are they're not really into the finger symbols they don't really understand them they, maybe they don't play them awesomely but they're like well i i should teach them because i'm a belly dance instructor and i appreciate that but then what they pass along to their students is sort of this like slightly awkward they're not quite confident about it and then the, the students don't like it either right because mm -hmm. i feel like like any new skill it has to be fun it has to be something where, you know, you're enjoying the exploration, you're embracing the suck, as I always say, because it's going to suck. Yep. Like you've got to no matter what. Exactly. You've got to embrace the suck and be like, that's incredible. And then I think the other thing was suddenly having a community of dancers that were willing to share their suckage <laughs> with one another <laughs> was right. giant because we had hundreds of people posting their practice videos where they would mess up. I mean, people were like cursing, people were like making faces and suddenly everyone knew that that was okay. And I think sometimes in a classroom setting, like if you don't see people messing up and you think you're the only one messing up, which I promise you, you are not the only one messing up. But like, if you feel like that's the case, you're like, you know what, I'm just going to I'm just going to put these away and maybe this isn't for me. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that, I think that's huge. I can, I can totally see that. And that's something mm -hmm. we see with the 21 days, right. As you see people practicing and you see people working and they're in the practice portion. I think that's what we don't see, right. We only see you on stage doing an acapella piece. That's amazing and blows everybody's mind. We don't see you in your house, like, working on that piece and getting it wrong 6 million times or figuring out this, you know, this, how do I actually play five zills at the same time, which I have seen you do, <laughs> right? Like we don't see that part. And so we're not normalized to seeing that part. And then we think we're weird because we don't have the skill when we do have the skill and we're just like everybody else aren't in that place with them. Absolutely. Every single person goes through this, be it, you know, for the dance or for finger symbol playing or any other skill in life. Like you have to get it wrong hundreds of times before you get it right. And that's why we practice before we have a show, you know, but we don't, we don't often put that practice out for everyone to see. And that's one of the things that I love when social media is done well. And the 21 day challenge is such a good example of that, where everybody is just putting it out there. Like this is real. This isn't my polished finished product. This is just where I'm at today. And it's, you know, this is where it is. And tomorrow might be better. Tomorrow might be worse. Doesn't matter. The whole, the whole point is that process. And so I think if we can normalize that process and celebrate that process, not even make it like normal, but like say, oh my gosh, that's awesome. You're trying the thing. Then we're yes. all super excited to show up and do it because no matter what we do, we've shown up and we've won because we've shown up. And that's, that's the part that matters, right? So the next time you put on your zills and you're like, oh my God, what am I doing here? <laughs> Be like, nope, just make a bunch of noise and be really happy you showed up with your Zills. Exactly. Because that's the thing. Like you put them on and you played and, you know, whatever came out, came out. But that's a thing, you know, and then and then after that, it's just getting that concrete instruction. I think a lot of times if people don't have the resources, they're like, well, I know my Zills aren't quite right, but I'm not really sure, you know, how to to make them better. And I, I think that's another reason why I love Zilling so much as an, as a former engineer, I feel like there's very like concrete, incredibly measurable ways with the finger symbols more than anything else yes. to be able to say, Oh, look, I am 
five beats per minute faster this week than I was last week. Or now I have seven sounds in my repertoire when before I had six. And I love that super measurable, very step-by-step like methodology so much. Right. That's when I'm putting the tracker together this year. I was like, all right, we have to like have the part for things like this, where we can really track like actual numbers for stuff for people who one, want to do that, or two, are doing things like Zills who have that ability, right? I feel like shimmies are also this way. Like you can really track, like if you use a metronome, like you can actually track how much faster your shimmies are consistently. But then you're like, the other part of practice is like, I now I want to work on the like expression in my dance and like expressing and emoting and being more graceful. And it's like, well, that's like impossible to enumerate right? Like right. You can track it, but you have to track it a totally different way. So like 100%. Yes. <laughs> this is something mm-hmm. I also love as someone who loves to track things and is like super type a show me what I can control in this situation. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. It comes back to that control. Doesn't it? I totally feel <laughs> you on that. <laughs> so you mentioned, right. I now have seven sounds in my repertoire instead of six. And I know our listeners are going, but Zills make one sound. <laughs> <laughs> so your course in the bundle this year for the 2021 bundle is an acapella zills course, which is, you know, a, a course on making your own music with your zills. There's no music. There's just you and your zills making the music while you go. That requires lots of sounds. So tell, tell people a little bit about this course. What different sounds do zills make? Because I, I know there are people who are like, what is she talking about? Like, <laughs> You know, tell us, tell us all that because we just freaked out a bunch of people by saying acapella skills. Uh, right, right. Okay. So before I go into any details, so you know, the course, you can use this, this technique with music too, right? If you're like, <laughs> oh, no way, no how. Am I playing finger symbols with nothing to cover up the way they sound, right? You can totally, all this technique can totally flow into music situations as well. But I particularly like to do them acapella just because it really gives you the chance to let the finger symbols shine. So I can't remember at last count how many different sounds I have created with my finger symbols. Now, do I use all of them? Not yet, but perhaps I will. So you have, you know, your basic sound. I should have brought them so I could play them for you in the in the in the podcast. You have your basic sound that's like a hard attack into a ring. And then you have a clack where you mute them and they make no ring at all. Then you have a gentle ring that's just edge to edge, and all you get is the ring. And then you have a tick where you have one on the edge to the other, but both are muted. And so it's a gentle little tick. And then you have a talk where you put your thumb on the top, and so it's like a rounder sound that's muted. There's a a, a rish where you use one hand to kind of tr- make a tremolo. So it's kind of like a, a vibration of the finger symbols. That way you can layer two different sounds on top of each other. I've also played with what I call a swizzle where I literally just rub them together. Like I'm trying yeah. to start a fire. It makes a really cool sound. Uh, I have one sound that I got from Z Helene. She calls it loose change. And it's kind of like, you kind of just smack them together and it sounds like a bunch of coins in your pocket, like rustling around in there. There are so many, so many sounds. And this is something that I do with my students. I'm like, let's see if we can make a new one. And I swear to you, every time I ask people, they come up with a sound that I have never tried before. And I think it's incredible. And then not only that, so then on top of that, once you end up with a slightly larger finger symbol collection, you'll notice that they (laughs) all make, they all make different notes. This is where I was just like, oh, one of them is like a ding. And one of them is like a ding. And I'm like, oh, well, if I put those both together and I set, put one set on one hand 
and one set on the other, now you're playing a melody line, right? And you've got instead of dun dun da da dun dun da da dun, you've got like and you're like, oh wow, how cool is that? Now you have a whole new level of texture that you can play with with the finger symbols if you're using multiple sets. And I feel like this just releases the creativity. You know, instead of thinking of it as, oh my God, I've got to learn all those sounds, right? It's all about how you how you position this. It releases creativity. It allows you to create sounds that complement your movement so that you can express yourself more, right? And so it's, I like to think of it as just creative play, right? There's no right, no wrong. Get in there, make some sounds, see what you like, and then see how that encourages the movement in your body because different sounds in the zills match different movements in the body in different ways. And then it's sort of like this cool self-exploration you end up going on as you just sort of play with sounds and textures. It's, it's interesting because you're taking Zills out of this box of like, this is the way, like, in, at least for me, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is the way Zills sound. This is the way you play Zills. And you're like, actually, that box, it's just to hold the Zills. We're going to take the Zills out of that box and then play with them. <laughs> and like, they're musical instruments. Like, there isn't necessarily a wrong way to play a musical instrument. It's just where you're trying to get to. Absolutely. Like, where can you take it? Maybe I'm like the avant-garde jazz of finger symbols. <laughs> My <laughs> husband's a, a jazz player. And I've gone to concerts where like the piano player like reaches inside the piano and starts like plucking the strings. And I'm like, why not? You know, I've never seen anyone right? do that, but why not? It, it makes, makes noise. sound. Yeah. And it's pretty interesting. Right. And so, yeah, I feel like a lot of people come to me and they're like, well, I, you know, I only know, you know, two patterns. I know the gallop and I know the belly and I want to know more patterns. And I'm like, you know, okay, sure. You know, we can come up with some more patterns that have names that have specific counts to it. I said, but you can, you you don't have to play a a pattern. You can just kind of get in there and, and have fun with it. You know, so what I like to teach is sort of groupings that you use. There's a grouping of three or a grouping of five or a grouping of seven. And then we talk about musical notation, like you can use a quarter note or an eighth note or a 16th note or a triplet. And from there, you've got building blocks to to build anything that you would like. And it's not necessarily dependent on, you know, this list of 10 patterns that you have to, that you have to know. So I think that reduces people's um, need to feel like they're within this particular framework. All of that's really good to learn and it's a good basis, but it's true that you can just kind of take it and and run and have, you know, some good instruction that kind of takes you through step by step where you're at. And then the permission to just play and explore and come up with something that works for you too. I feel like it makes it easier too. Like if you are trying to learn those patterns, because I, what I run into a lot is I don't, I'm not a musician and I don't understand musical notes and how things play together. Like I don't have that part of my brain is not as developed. So right. When I'm trying to learn a pattern, I I am just learning the pattern, like literally like do these things in this order. It makes this sound. And Mm -hmm. I feel like actually starting to play and understand like Zills and the sounds they make and, you know, playing with these groupings instead of just the pattern would actually inform me better to learning the pattern because I would understand where it's coming from a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the progression we get with everything, right? We're like, we, we start off in a place where we know we don't 
know it and we start to focus on specific tasks to begin to be more uh just more cognizant and more understanding of the material and where we want to get and this is where we get after you know years of playing with it is where you understand the underlying base of material well enough that you can just get out there and play and what i like to encourage people to do is to incorporate that play as early on no matter what it sounds like no matter what you think of it right like learn the patterns learn the sounds learn how to count them in a way that's going to make it easier for you to put it on top of your dancing and then like go out and make some goofy noises which i actually i don't know if you've watched my video for the for the challenge yet but we're gonna we're gonna get a little goofy uh because it is it is fun and there is a lot of opportunity for self-expression in it if you allow yourself to to go beyond whatever sort of rules you think there are for finger symbol playing amazing all right so for dancers they're listening they're like all right you've convinced me i'm gonna try out <laughs> some zills like they, they weren't part of the challenge they're coming to the podcast whenever now in the future and they're like i'm gonna i'm gonna dig them out i have my pair i'm gonna dig them out what would you have them do Ooh, excellent question so devoid of like coming to see me and you know taking taking a course so i do i do have some online freebie courses that they could jump into i would say put them on your fingers and play with the sounds that you can make you know the basic stroke is just hitting one on top of the other and then opening them up play with that hear the sound make sure you have a pair of finger symbols you enjoy listening to because if you don't like you're not going to get very far and then put on music you love. It does not have to be belly dance music. I build the stuff on the radio all the darn time. Like anything that makes you want to groove and listen to the drum, listen to the rhythm and play along with that. You know, even if you're just like zilling on the beat and just going one, two, three, four, or listen to like the melody line. And if the melody line is going dun, dun, da, da, dun, da, 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 you go boom, boom, ba, da, dum, ba, da, dum. And you play that with your finger symbols, like whatever grabs your attention play the zills on it. I encourage people to do it standing up so they can kind of bop along to the music, you know, maybe move the arms, maybe do a little step touch in place to connect themselves with the rhythm of the music, but just have fun with it and start there. Like walk around your house playing the finger symbols so that the concept of moving while making rhythm with your hands becomes less and less of a foreign concept. It's less of the, the wall stopping you from practicing at all. Yeah, whatever you can do, like wherever you're at today is perfect. Do a few minutes of that, have fun with it, and then come back again and try tomorrow. Awesome. So here, thank you so much for coming to nerd out about Zills with us. <laughs> thank you for letting me nerd out with you. It's fantastic. I love talking to people about something they're so clearly passionate about. And like, you can tell, like, I don't know if the listeners can hear it. I'm sure they can, <laughs> but I can see it for sure during this conversation, like just how like into it you are. You just really love zills in a way that i i feel like not a lot of dancers really do because they're too scared <laughs> right you know what i think inside many dancers there's a there's a zill star just waiting to get out after this challenge right 500 people 23 different countries the number of people who came out and said you know what this is really fun or i've always actually really liked the zills but no one around me did so i didn't really practice and i didn't really play them because i didn't have a community in which to do it like you all are out there and I see you. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Come into the light. Come into the light. And come fill with me. There are more of us out there. <laughs> this is amazing. Um, one question I want to ask before we we start wrapping it up is the acapella zill course that's in the bundle. 
beginners, intermediate, advanced, anybody? Where does this kind of fall on the on the range? Because I know this is something that you're planning on carrying into 2022 and like doing more acapella zil courses and choreographies and things. So like, is this something people have to already be good at to jump into? Really good question. If you had asked me this like three weeks ago, I would have been like, mm, yeah, probably like intermediate ziller, right? Not even necessarily dancer, like intermediate ziller. Cause there's some people who come to the finger symbols without having the dance background. But after what I have seen during this 10 day zill challenge, I think anybody can do it. Cause I have seen brand new people to the dance dive in, not have any preconceived notion of this being challenging or advanced or whatever. And they just do it. And my plan with this course is to take it step by step this is like the foundations of acapella zil work it will build into a, a combination that you can use all of your newfound acapella zil skills for but these are the foundations so we're going to look specifically at all of the different sounds that i typically use in an acapella piece we're going to look at how to count the riffs we're going to look at the groupings that you can use to create riffs and then i'm going to create the patterns for people so they you know they can certainly take this information and learn to create their own which is a slightly more advanced concept but if not i will take it and i will create a riff that they can do and then whether or not like how they choose to layer dance on it will totally be how they can level up this challenge i feel like with finger symbols there's always a way to take it at your level because you can slow it down you can do it standing still and there's always a way you can succeed if you know how to augment the material to fit where you are at that moment i feel like that's so true of this entire dance right and i, th I feel like we don't usually think it's true of zills <laughs> but <laughs> but like any anything because i was one of those beginner students that jumped into all of the advanced classes i was like give, give it give me everything i want to i want to take yeah. all of it i want to try it i'm here let me let's go and you can modify anything to fit your level. Like you can, as an advanced person, take a beginner's class and, and add things on top of the beginner movements or really break into those beginner movements. As a beginner, you can take the advanced class and scale the combo down. Don't add the arms. Don't add the shimmy. Don't, you know, you're just working on the footwork. And I see what you're saying is just translating that into prop work into the zills mm -hmm. in a way that I, I don't know how I never considered you could actually do, but it's totally true. Oh yeah, it's very, very easy to do with the finger symbols. And I feel like that is a that is a skill set in general, the, the a skill of leveling material to suit your desired level of challenge. Yeah. Like that's a skill. I think if every dancer could learn that skill, you could jump into anything and always be able to feel comfortable, feel like you're progressing and find value. And that's that's huge. And so that's something that we'll also cover in this course is just, you know, what are your alternatives if this if this isn't working for you? slow it down, change the sounds, take out the movement. This is working and it seems too easy, speed it up, add more complex movement. It's very easy to level it up. I think people just have to be given permission to do so. Amazing. Sahara, how can people find you on the internet? How can they watch your uh, five zil performance? How can they connect with you on Instagram so they can join the zil challenge next year? Tell us all the things about you on the internet. Yeah, absolutely. You can find me everywhere at Sahira Belly Dances. So I'm at sahirabellydances.com. I'm on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook at Sahira Belly Dances. And if you get on my YouTube channel, you can search back through my performance video collection and find all the crazy acapella stuff I've done in the last four or five years. It's all there. 
Absolutely wonderful. Last thing that I would like to ask you before we leave today is we are trying to bring a positive spin to the pandemic. If such a thing can be found, what is your most positive dance experience over the course of the past 18 months? Oh, that is such a good question. You know what? I feel like I've been so blessed to have so many positive dance experiences when the pandemic hit because I was already set up online. We, my students and I, we didn't miss a beat. And I feel like the connections that I have made, not only with my students here in Houston who had to end up online and now I've like seen their house and their kids and their dogs, you know, like all <laughs> over, all over Zoom. And then like the people all over the world who have, I mean, thank goodness, pushed themselves to just figure out how to make these crazy online classes work. I feel like the community that has been built has been bigger than anything that would have been built if we hadn't been forced to do it this way. So I feel like this last this last couple of weeks with my Zill challenge, like the amount of joy that I have received from watching everybody's finger symbol practice videos has sustained me through so much because I see the joy, I see the creative energy, and I see people saying, this has given me something exciting to focus on and learn in a time that is very challenging because I'm stuck at home, because my classes are canceled. And so I think that the connection with that international community of dancers who are aching for connection with others has been has been amazing and I know it will never go away and I'm so glad for it even though we here in Houston I'm back in the studio here on Wednesday nights but I'm still online multiple times a week connecting with all of those people and it makes me ridiculously happy to have this like international family online. Yeah, it's it's been amazing to watch the belly dance community really rally and and figure out mm-hmm. a new way, a new way to do it because we had to. Yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. That's wonderful. Well, Sahira, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being here. Thanks for nerding out about Zills and uh, hopefully making them a little less scary. That's my goal. Step one, less scary. Step two, you will fall in love. I, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is the, you know, step one, less scary. Step two and three, question mark. Step four, fall in love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably yeah, a little bit more tiered like that. We're working on it. Got to start somewhere, right? <laughs> we'll get there. Thank you so much for your time, everybody. Thanks for listening and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. So what do you think? A little less scared of Zills than you were when we started? Or if you already loved Zills, I bet you absolutely recognize the Zill geek in Sahira. While they've never been my favorite personally, I love playing with Sahira because it's just so much fun. It feels way less like work and a whole lot more like play in her classes. And that is very, very much my style. If you're interested in following Sahira on social, she's got some amazing content. You can check out her socials and her site on the show notes page at thebellydancebundle.com slash 79. And make sure that you've marked your calendars for the 2021 bundle, because it's the first and the cheapest place that you'll be able to get Sahira's new acapella Zills course. Until then, check out our challenge that goes along with this podcast to have some fun with your Zills. Zills.